Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno. And direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody. Hope everyone's doing well as we navigate our way through the last couple weeks of February. As always, new content drops on Thursday night. Tonight's show, we have Steve Riley from Riley's LA Guns. He's here to discuss the brand new singles from the forthcoming album, The Dark Horse. Now, get you up to speed on what's going on with LA Guns. The classic lineup of LA Guns was Tracy Guns. Phil Lewis, Steve Riley, and Kelly Nichols. Well, they had a heavy metal divorce, so now we have two versions of L.A. Guns. We have the Riley's L.A. Guns, which is Steve Riley and Kelly Nichols, and then the Tracy Guns Phil Lewis version still brands themselves under the name L.A. Guns. It's a confusing situation, but, you know, when you have these heavy metal divorces, uh, sometimes you get two versions of the same band. Metal Walt and I will have that in just a second. But first, I want to remind you to get up to that MetalMayhemROC.com website, sign up for our newsletter. Now, when you sign up for the newsletter, you get notifications of new shows, new podcast episodes, uh, alerts and reminders for our Monday night radio show. But it also allows you to get into the drawings a couple of weeks ago, we gave away a cool Metallica gift pack, never before seen pictures and merchandise from the benefit show. And when we get stuff from record labels, freebies, we pass them along to you. Also, we have uh, the blog section. When we go and see shows, we usually post reviews of the shows with pictures and audio. Up there, you'll find a brand new blog post and interview with Dokken from last Friday's Waterloo, New York show. I had a chance to talk with Chris McCarvel and John Levin of Dockin. Also, Mark Zagati, staff CD reviewer, he has his reviews up there as well. Some recent episodes, uh, last week we had Bond, The Last Highway, the Jesse Fink book. A couple weeks ago, Robin McCauley and Graham Bonnet. And before that, we had The History of Metal, 1991. Ian O'Rourke, our co-host, and Metal Walt and myself, navigate that history series. So get up to the website, download some past shows, rate, review, and subscribe. So that's what we got tonight. As always, thank you for the support. And uh, let's get into this. Steve Riley, Riley's LA Guns. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Our guest today is a veteran of over five decades of hard rock and heavy metal, best known for being a member of both the classic lineups of L.A. Guns and also Wasp. He's here today to discuss the new Riley's L.A. Guns single, Rewind. Let's welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC, Steve Riley. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. 
Of course, I'd like to introduce you to my uh, co-host tonight. He goes by the name of Metal Walt. He's down in New Jersey. Hey, Metal Walt, how you doing, brother? Steve, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be able to speak to you. You're a you're a veteran, man. You're a warrior. <laughs> uh, we love getting guys like you on the show, man, because you got history and stories. So we're excited to be oh, able man. to speak to you today. I'm excited too, brother. Just for the record, I'm up here in Rochester, New York. So we got a three-way triangle. Steve told me before we went to air that he's down in Nashville. So um, we'll discuss a little bit about that a little later. But you know what, Steve? I'm gonna I'm gonna send it right over to Walt because uh, he's taking a deep dive. We're gonna we have comments and our critique on the first two singles, and we'll take a walk down heavy metal memory lane if you don't mind. That sounds good. Well, Steve, once again, really congratulations on the release of the new single, Rewind. John and I have played the shit out of it this week. It, it totally kicks ass. It's a killer track. Oh, man, please like that. We want to catch up to speed with you on Riley's L.A. Guns, right? So the band, we think, has been around, what, four to five years now. You've done some touring. In 2020, you released the Renegades album. Just as a little side note, we had Kelly Nichols on the show about two years ago. So this is coming back full circle, and now uh, you get to come on here. So we know a little bit about the history with him. Talk about the band itself and the other guys that are in Riley's L.A. Guns. Well, I, I got to tell you guys, you know, um, this started as us only doing maybe uh, one show, really, the M3 show in uh, 2019. You know, uh, I had been asked to put something together to play the show's uh, a couple of years leading up to that, and I just didn't feel like it was right or the right timing to do something like that. And uh, I was taking a little bit of time off and doing some other projects. And uh, in 2019, I asked Kelly if he wanted to do it, and it was just going to be a one-off. Us play the M3 festival and get a couple of guys to play some of the old material, and. Um, we found Scott Griffin for guitar. He had been with us for a while playing bass, but he's an excellent guitar player. And Kurt Froelich on vocals. And uh, he was somebody that was living in Vegas. One of the guys that fell through the cracks and couldn't really get something solid going for years, but was just a great songwriter and a great vocalist and guitarist. And so the four of us were going to go do this show have fun with it and see how it went. And uh, it went over so good that we got a big management deal with uh, Primary Wave and Eric Baker, and he wanted to manage us, and he brought us over to Golden Robot. They signed us right away, and it, things snowballed really fast, and we found ourselves in the studio, and uh, the four of us had some great chemistry, and uh, we just went right into the studio and recorded Renegades. All of us are four songwriters, and we all had a wealth of material that we were sitting on and we had for years. And uh, and things happened really quick, and we did the Renegades album. It, went, it was really received well, and we've been having fun with it. And that's really the bottom line with what me and Kelly are doing with this man. We are just want to have some fun with it. We don't want it to be a pressure cooker or something that's going to drive us up a wall or 250 shows a year. We don't want to do that. We want to just have some fun recording and writing 
and uh, maybe do 20 to 40 really nice festivals and casinos and fairs and some sheds with some other bigger bands like the M3 Festival. And, uh, you know, just like I said, the bottom line is have a lot of fun doing this, and uh, that's what we've been doing for the last four years, four or five years. Well, I'll tell you, that Renegades album, I was... uh... I've, I've played it before, but it's been a while since I visited it. And I went on my walk today during my lunch hour and I spun it and it kicks ass, man. And I'm I just, I'll tell you my favorite tracks on the album, YSY, Witchcraft, Lost Boys, the title track and the closer don't want to know. So really, really good stuff there. Um, you mentioned the album was put together. You guys are all songwriters. How was the at that album received by your fans and and the industry and public in general? Well, we were like you know excited to see what the reaction was going to be. We really loved it, and I got to produce it. I got to produce Renegades and produce the new one, the Dark Horse, and uh, I, I we were excited to see what kind of reaction we were going to get from it. it. Because like I said, we were digging on it. We liked what we were doing, and. Um, it was just received so well across the board. Obviously, you got some people that are old, old fans, and they're, they're just not going to accept anything but the original band, the five original guys. And, you know, that's hard to keep together after like 30 to 40 years. You know, it's very difficult to keep an original lineup together with all the original members. So, you know, we were excited to see what was going to happen with the reaction for Renegades. And, Man, we were bowled over because everybody really dug it. And um, the label loved it. And we went out and did a bunch of festivals and casinos. And those went over great, too. The chemistry within the band, the four guys, is just so great. And so it's it's just right off the bat. We knew it. And um, we we were real excited that the people really dug this, the, the new Renegades album. We were digging on it. Steve, that sounds like it's a perfect example of a little bit of a, a less is more kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, you enjoy it. And hey, let's admit it. We're all getting older. You can't travel with people you don't get along with or more importantly, you don't want to be around with. So Yeah, you know, I mean, we I had done that. I, I think most people know that I've run the business for LA Guns right from the very beginning in the 80s. I I was put in that position by the band. They knew that I had the most experience and they wanted me to run things. And I've done that. I've done that all the way up to right now. And so, you know, the thing is, is that for the last 25, 30 years with Tracy, with Phil, with them together, with them separately, I had taken us out and done 250 shows a year, filled in all the weekdays with clubs and driving 400 miles to each club and doing nice shows on the weekends, but the weekdays, small little venues and driving very, very long distance to get to them. That's a grueling, grueling schedule. And uh, I, I, me and Kelly, we don't want to do that anymore. It's just too much. We want to play nice venues with nice equipment, great PAs, hanging a big backdrop, staying at nice hotels and just having a really good time doing the shows and, and sounding good at the shows. And so, you know, if we could do 20 to 40 shows like that a year, we're going to be happy campers. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I think last time we talked with Kelly, um, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he involved in graphic design or web design or something of the sort? 
Yeah, he is, bro. He's got such a great eye for art, and he does all of the artwork that you see from Riley's LA Times. Anything you see up on the internet, anything for a single or the album covers, all of that. That's Kelly. He does all of that. And we have a nice little system where I'll produce the albums and kind of run the business part of it. And he'll do all of the artwork and pretty much decide on how the sequence of songs are going to be on the albums, stuff like that. And so we got a nice little system. But Kelly is a unbelievable artist. And uh, he said he does every bit of artwork that you see that we put out. Well, cool. Keeps uh, overhead down and, you know, reliant on other people. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. We have two singles. Well, we have one single out, the single Overdrive that, that was, that's from the new one. Let's talk about this song. Um, this really has the essence of that classic L.A. Guns sound, if you will. I love the revving engine at the back end of the song. And almost like at the beginning, it sounds like, like a megaphone. Like uh, Kurt's singing through like a megaphone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did that. Tell us about that song. I think what you're describing, brother, is uh, the Overdrive song with the engine at the end, and that was the first single. It was kind of a no-brainer to come out of the gate with that Overdrive single in October because it's a balls-out rocker, and it was something that just hit you right between the eyes. And uh, we do have Kurt singing to a megaphone on that, and uh, and then the uh, Kelly brought in the, the, the motorcycle for the end, and it just came together. It was a nice, fun song and ballsed out. And uh, this Rewind song, that was, in fact, that Overdrive song was a Kelly Nichols composition that he brought in and we finished it in the studio. This second single, Rewind, is uh, Kurt Froelich, the lead singer. He had written this and had been sitting on it for a while. And uh, he brought it in as a demo and we listened to it and we were just thrilled we thought it was a great great song and we finished it in the studio tidied it up a little bit with some arrangement and uh we're really happy the way it turned out i can't wait for people to hear rewind too because it, it just takes you different places and it's a it's a well-produced song and the performances are great on it yeah it's uh steve it it is i again i played it a lot this week it's there's a lot of contrast to uh to rewind in comparison to Overdrive, where whereas Overdrive, you go, oh, yeah, that's L.A. Guns. Rewind, you go, oh, wow, it's like a dog whose ears pop up and out of curiosity. You know, I describe yeah. the song as it's it's kind of moody. It's got this moody vibe, and it kind of builds. And then when you read the press notes and it says it's about infidelity, it almost has, like, the backing music of, like, you know, like something that's eerie, the infidelity thing, or the cops going to come as a, an FBI agent going to come. So <laughs> paint the picture for this right. song. Well, I tell you what, you know, and, and it, it could be about infidelity and it could be about just anything in your life where you are tired of it or it just wears out on you and you wish you had that button to push to rewind and just go back to the beginning and start over fresh. And so, you know, that's what it's about. And like I said, this is something that Kurt had the lyrics all done for. And he was sitting on this song for a few years. He had written it a while ago. And uh, we actually brought it to the pre-production for Renegades. 
and it didn't make the cut on that for one reason or the other. I wanted it to be on Renegades, and then I was just adamant for it to be on the Dark Horse. It, it, it had to get recorded the right way, and so people could hear this album, this song. It does. It takes you different places. You could you could definitely sum up Overdrive as being a balls out LA guns rocker, and with no mistake about it. And then Rewind, it, it, I love it. It's it's like what LA Guns has done from the very beginning in the eighties. We've had albums that run the gamut of styles, and no two songs are alike, and they take you different places. And I think Rewind definitely takes you to a different place. Hey, Steve, a lot of emphasis has been placed on the artwork for these singles. You know, the snake and skull on Rewind and yeah. obviously the mus- muscle car on Overdrive. And as old school guys, we appreciate this. Talk about oh, the okay. effort put into the artwork. You know, you touched totally. on Kelly being the uh, creative force behind it. How did you get to the angle to do all that? Well, you know what? Because we knew... Kelly, right from the beginning in the 80s, he's always had a great eye and was involved with a lot of the videos that we did. And so when we started this project, I wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be a round table where we had to go round and round and round and ask people what you think. And it took a long, long time to figure out, oh, well, this guy likes this, this guy likes that. I wanted Kelly to just have a free hand at doing what he sees and what he feels should be on that artwork. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Kelly does this stuff without a round table. I don't even get to see it until it's finished. And then he'll send it to me and say, I'm done with it, bro. Tell me what you think. And 100% of the time, I'm like, wow, bro, this looks great. And it's all him. This is him doing it without really any input. And I think it's a really, really good way to work with art because you can get lost in opinions and and then you end up with something that you really aren't completely satisfied with. And, you know, I just like the way this is set up. Kelly does it. He shows it to us and we use it. And he, he hits all money every time. I think the guy's a great artist and he's got a great eye for artists. Steve, you know, building on that, um, you know, I hadn't been to your website and I looked at the website and not only do you have like the, the single art, right? The whole website is colorful. You have the logo yeah. up there, the traditional LA guns logo. You have the, the, the new album artwork. You have these uh, bundle vinyl bundles that you guys are offering as merchandise, I suppose is right. a bit of a teaser until the new album comes out, but you could definitely see the product. When you go to your your uh, to your websites and your Facebooks, it, it's right there. It pulls you right in. But again, back to Absolutely. the album. You know, you got a full album coming out sometime this year. You named it the Dark Horse. So we're getting singles. Like, what's the plan? Are you going to keep dropping singles, or is the album going to come out at a certain time frame? What's going on there? Yeah, you, yeah. We have obviously had the first single in October, uh, Overdrive. The second single is coming out in a couple of weeks. Rewind, and then in. Uh, April, we're going to release a third single, and it's the title track from the album called The Dark Horse. It's a song Kelly brought in, and then we finished it in the studio. That'll be coming out like April 14th, and then that'll take us right into May, where we release the full album on May 19th, and that'll be after we do the date with Great White in Detroit, and then we go down and do M3, 
and then boom, this album will come out on May 19th, and that'll be the full album, and we'll start supporting it with live shows, and we'll be out there running for like a good year supporting this album, but um, that's the plan right now. We got Rewind coming out this month, and then we have uh, in April, we'll have a third single, and that'll be called The Dark Horse, and that's the title track. And then, boom, we're, we're into May, and that'll be the full album. Gotta ask you, seeing you're down in Nashville, how many of the other guys are in the Nashville area? Not. No, no, I was the last guy from the band to still be in L.A. I was there for 45 years, and uh, everybody else had moved out of town. And uh, Kelly lives up in New York, and Kurt's in Florida, and oh. Scott and Scotty is in Vegas, but he's he's planning on moving to Florida with near where Kurt lives. So I was the last guy living in L.A. And um, I have so many friends that moved here to Nashville. I've st- I've stopped here on tour so many times, and uh, I really really liked it here. But you know, I was always a little bit of uh, scared from to move out of L.A. I just I didn't I didn't have the balls to do it. I was the last guy to do it, and uh, I finally just said, now I'm going to do this after realizing how many rockers have already moved here. All the companies that we use, from BMI to, 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 to Universal, all of them, they're, they're out here. They're based in Astro right now. There's tons of studios. It's called Music City. So, I mean, it, it was kind of a no-brainer, but it took a lot of balls to get that move going and to finally move out of L.A. I love L.A., and uh, I always will have a fun place in my heart for it because of everything that's happened with Keel and Wasp and L.A. Guns. I mean, I had a great time there, and I have a lot of friends there. But, uh, yeah, Nashville is really, really nice, man. I'm really digging it here. Well, th- that leads me to the Steve Riley metal family tree, if you will. Okay, you made your way out there. And, you know, the first band you were in was Keel. And, well, besides the cup of coffee was Steppenwolf. And, well, you know, that that's a whole different story. Well, right. it's just so happens. I don't know if you're up to speed. The Keel Fest is going to be in Nashville in the third week of March at this year's Rockin' Pod convention. Right, right. And, you know, uh, Metal Mayhem ROC will be down there doing our thing and you know it's a it's a a huge lineup like you know rec fox is there there's a whole lineup of these characters that again that's in the steve riley metal family tree did you hear about this uh you you have any inkling i did hear about it and uh, i'm going back and forth to la i'm traveling a lot back and forth right now because i'm tidying up business that i've had there for so long and uh, i'm going back and forth and uh I'm hoping to be here because I'd like to pop my nose in and say hi to everybody. Everybody in Kiel, they're still really good friends of mine. I have nothing but good things to say about those cats. They're, they're all cool. Ron is just a really good friend of mine. So is a Mark, Mark Ferrari and all of them. And uh, and Rick Fox is a good friend too. And so, you know, I just have a lot of uh, fond memories about being in Kiel, working on the right to rock. And I'm hoping that I am in town when that happens and uh, and then I could just pop my nose in and say hi to everybody. It'd be a lot of fun. Well, uh, not that you need my help getting in touch with anyone there, but 
if you do need a direct contact with the guy putting it all on, I you know I got him on speed dial. But oh, uh, terrific, man! I and you know what? I stay in touch with Mark Ferrari too. I talk to him quite often, and uh, we're really good friends. And uh, I'll keep up to date and figure out how, what's happening with my schedule and if I can make that. And if I can, I'm there. Uh, well, uh, one parting shot on that. Mark Ferrari comes from my part of town. I'm in Rochester, yeah. and uh, right, yeah, right, it's right, easy. and yeah, he's he's been a friend for a long time, and uh, he's done really well for himself too. I'm proud of him. He's done really good with his own catalog of music and placing it in films and TV and background music, and he's he's created quite a thing for himself, and that's not easy to do. I'm proud of Mark. For those who love it loud, Pantheon Podcast presents Rockin' Pod Weekend, Nashville, March 17th through the 19th. It's a rock convention featuring panels, interviews, podcasts, signing sessions, vinyl, comic books, pop culture, and collectibles. Over 50 celebrity guests, including members of Mr. Big, Tough, Great White, Keel, Winger, Accept, and Twisted Sister. Live concerts including Rare Hair on Friday, Keel Fest 2 on Saturday, and Eric Martin's Big Acoustic on Sunday. Plus a rockin' comedy show featuring Courtney Cronin Dold, Don Jameson from That Metal Show, and Craig Gass from The Howard Stern Show, and a whole lot more. Full details at rockinpod.com. Rockin' Pod Weekend is presented by Pantheon Podcasts in association with RFK Media, Third Power Amplification, and BobbyDreyer.com. Hey, Steve, uh, I'm going to interject something weird here, but I'm hearing a Boston accent out of you. Yeah, that's right. Are you a Boston guy? That's right, man. I'm a Celtics, Bruins, (laughs) Patriots, Red Sox fan. (laughs) I knew it. I could hear it. I said, is this like Joe Perry talking (laughs) to us? Yeah, no, that's where I came out of Boston and I grew up there. And then when I graduated high school in 73, I... uh, I moved out of there and started moving across country, knowing I had to land in L.A. to get something going. I knew I had to get out to L.A., but I made pit stops in D.C., Indianapolis, and Salt Lake City, and Chicago, and then I ended up out in L.A., and uh, all those pit stops were with like bands that did one-off albums and then kind of broke up, but um, I knew I had to end up in L.A., and I ended up in L.A. in like about 77, I believe, and... uh but yeah, Boston is is my home, bro. I love it. I think the next song you should cover, you got to pick up Johnny Cash's song, I Go Everywhere, man. Because <laughs> he touches about all those cities. I think you've been to all of them. Oh, man, I tell you what, I've had a, like, quite a journey, man, and uh, lived all over this country. And uh, I got to experience a lot of different stuff by living in different areas and, uh, you know, just moving steadily across the country. And But pretty much digging everywhere I ended up. I, I love Indianapolis and Chicago, that whole area up there. I dig it. And uh, I, D.C. was a real blast, too, in the late 70s. That was great. Steve, back in the 80s, I had a chance to see the Wasp inside the Electric Circus that ended up being the live album. And this past fall, I caught up with that Wasp Armored Saint tour up in Cleveland, Give me your reflections of that time in Wasp and getting up to 2022-2023. The big hot topic here is bands playing with backing tracks and this and that. What what's your take on that and was any of that going on 
and Wasp back then because there's um, been a lot of uh, disclosure of late surrounding that Wasp tour this fall. Well, comment I, on any of that. I'm just excited that they're back out there and Blackie's doing it again. And uh, I know that we never used tapes back in the day. I don't think anybody was back then. I don't think it was a it was a common thing to use them back then. But I understand it. If if it, if it's going to enhance the sound, if it's going to make the show better, and uh, somebody sings along with a tape or what have you, I, I, I'm all for it. If it if it fits in and helps that show, and 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 you do it in a subtle way, I think that it's all good, man. And uh, I, I I'm really pulling for those guys too. I'm glad that they're back out there on the road. I got nothing but good things to say about Blackie and the guys in Wasp when I was in it. And I was in it for those first four albums when it was really, really steaming. And it was just off the charts with Chris Holmes and Randy Piper. And um, I just got fond memories about that whole period of my career. You ever keep in touch with Chris Holmes or Blackie? You know what? No, not lately, because Chris is over in Europe, living over there. Yeah, Randy's, Randy's up in, uh, I believe, Washington State. I've seen him a couple of times and talked to him. Blackie, very rarely, because he's been embroiled in his whole thing, doing his thing, and I've been doing L.A. Guns. So it's kind of very difficult to hook up with anybody because everybody's all over the place and they're doing their own thing. But um, I love all those guys, and I, I miss them, and I'm pulling for them all the time. You know, Steve, I'm going to be honest with you. It's refreshing to hear this attitude that I'm hearing from you. You know, sometimes as fans and we read stuff, people are, um, you know, hard to work with. Not that I've ever read that about you, but you're just your persona must be that uh, Boston uh, DNA that, you know, you're cool with everyone that you worked with. It's maybe it's the age. Maybe it's the fact that, fuck, it's easier loving than hating. Uh, but kudos to you, man. That, that's that's good good shit, man. Uh, you know what, man? I just like a really, a, I don't understand why people would badmouth people that they used to play with. It's It boils down to why the hell did you play with them? Because that's what my whole thing is, is I, I really loved playing with Keel, with the guys in Wasp, and the guys in L.A. Guns, all of the different incarnations of L.A. Guns. I I don't think I would have stayed in the band or played with them if I didn't really dig the guys. So now that I'm not playing with them, why am I going to turn around and then all of a sudden not like those people? It just never made sense to me. So I'm a, I've always stayed cool with everybody, and and I'm I'm I'm, I'm friends with everybody I used to play with, and uh, I I just never really got into that bad mouth of people. I thought it sucked, and I. And it was just never my cup of tea. I'm sure it's difficult because you have your Riley's LA guns. And then you have the, the Phil Tracy version out there competing for stage time and all that. But you know what, John and I looked at your timeline and you really are like, to some degree, you are the longest tenured member of LA guns. I mean, you were there from pretty much the beginning. And while all those guys came and gone, you were there. And then you had your own beef rebirth your, with your own brand. So that just proves to you the dedication to you as a musician. So we want to go back a little bit and talk about those heydays. I was fortunate enough to see you guys in 91 at Madison Square Garden opening up for ACDC and at the M3, M3 Festival in 2015 where you were a member of the Phil Lewis version. M3 is the best platform for that uh, 80s music. 
Talk a little bit about the heyday, uh, those tours with ACDC, living the life in the Sunset Strip. I mean, like like every good parent wants to tell their kids bedtime stories. Give us a couple good bedtime stories. Well, I tell you what, I, I'm so fortunate to have this longevity in my career. And I've done so many great shows with so many great bands. And uh, like I said, you know, obviously the longevity part is that helpful, but I have so many good stories about the, the, what we went through in the 80s and uh, playing Madison Square Garden with ACDC and it being sold out and us going over great, playing the Lyceum show with Wasp, going out in the round with Def Leppard. I mean, I've been really fortunate. I got to do some great, great shows, and uh, L.A. Guns has done a ton of great shows with so many great artists, and it would be hard to even put them in order because that's how many good times we've had and how many good shows we've had also. And what was it like? Paint the picture for us of what it was like in those Ricky Rackman, MTV, Headbangers, Ball, you know, Sunset Strip, Gazaris, and all that other stuff. What was it like during that period yeah, of man, time? Yeah, man, I got to tell you, it was super exciting, and uh, it, it's kind of hard to describe how exciting it was because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, the strip, it was shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with bands and 12 deep, and uh, it truly was like that, too. It was just uh, off the charts. Everybody was playing all over town, and people were hanging out together. This is when we all got to hang together, too, and we would all see each other at the Rainbow and at the Cat Club and at the Whiskey, and we'd always be running into each other every night. And so it was such an exciting time because everybody was doing their own thing. Everybody was coming out with some real original stuff, too. And... uh I'm one of the, the, the lucky guys. I was involved with the first wave of metal with Wasp, Motley, uh, Dawkins, Great White, Rat. I was involved in that whole scene. And then I got involved in the second wave with Guns N' Roses and LA Guns, Shasta Pussycat, Jet Boy, all those bands, you know. So I was one mm -hmm. of the fortunate guys. I got to experience both waves and be right in the thick of things. So, you know, I mean, that went on for like 10, 11 straight years. And, man, I got to tell you, it was a blast. Well, it sounds like a uh, blast. There's my um, call ring. Right, right I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry they backed me up on these interviews. We're going to let you brother, go. But I, you uh, know what? I never take for granted you guys' support. But I thank you so much for supporting us and, and giving us an opportunity to get on your podcast. And... uh I hope you guys enjoy the album. It's going to come out May 17th, and uh, we will hope to see you guys on the road too this summer. What's your socials? Where can people find you? Um, you know what? LAGuns.net, man. They can find me there, and uh, I I'm always checking in on it, and Kelly pretty much runs that site, but they can, all, all, they can find out whatever they want on that site. All right, sir. Get to your next call and stay healthy. Talk to you All soon. All right, you guys. Thanks again, brother. You guys be safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Steve. Rock and roll, man. You got it, pals. Bye-bye. Wow, man. That's the first one. Him up and out. And <laughs> But uh, again, folks, the, the next single, the title track, The Dark Horse coming out, I think he said March or April, and then this spring, the full album. So there you have 
Steve Riley, Riley's LA guns. Uh, so what, what'd you think, man? He was cool, cool man. Dude. I could, uh, we weren't on video this time, but I could totally see him with his jet black dyed hair, a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, unlit. <laughs> and he's probably just hanging, hanging by his back door and drinking a can of beer. He's getting ready to party, man. Going down, to uh, the, going down a rainbow, but he's got that persona, man. You could just, you hear it in his voice. Yeah. He's, he's 80s rock, man. He's cool. And he's digging it, but he's very, I think he looks back and he, he really can look back in his career and appreciate the life he had, the yep. ups, the downs, the goods and bags. And now he's just rolling with it, man. He's having fun, as he states, doing it to make good music. Doesn't have to be out on the road 300 days a year. Get out 20 gigs and just make the best of it. He, he's sort of like an East Coast Spicoli. I like that. Perfect. East Coast Spicoli. I can almost picture him. At some point in that Penelope Spheris, Decline of the Western Civilization, whatever, part one or two movie, I'm sure he's in there somewhere. All right, Metal Walt, uh, good job. We will be talking to you soon. Everyone else, remember, get up to that Metal Mayhem ROC website, sign up for the newsletter, check out everything we have, subscribe, like, and share, and uh, we would appreciate that. For Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.